Well, good morning. The Holy Gospel today is from the 17th chapter of John. Glory to you, O Lord. After Jesus said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory that I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I give them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. I am not praying for the world, but for those who you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they still are in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. The Gospel of our Lord. I invite you to pray with me the Holy Spirit prayer in our time of meditation together this morning. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created, and you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit instructs the hearts of the faithful, Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, you may recall, I mentioned a few weeks ago that we have this red letter section in the Gospel of John. It starts at chapter 12 and it ends today or concludes with this predominantly all red chapter 17. Now obviously the red letter sections are attributed to the words of Jesus. We've got six full chapters. Let's see, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Six full chapters that are just devoted to Jesus talking and sharing and teaching. Jesus had a lot to say. We also know the context in which he's saying these, that this is in his final few days of life on earth, as far as his human life before he is arrested. And Jesus had a lot of things that he wanted to share with the disciples in these last few days. I just want to recap a few of the things that Jesus talked about in these last few chapters. Number one, we saw, not just through his words, but we saw through his actions, that he displayed ultimate humility in service by washing the disciples' feet. But not only did he stop there by doing that, but he also gave them the the directive to live lives of servanthood and to live the same example that Jesus just gave them. 
Another one of the things that we've heard in these recent chapters is that Jesus gave his disciples and he gave us a new commandment that we are to love one another as Christ has loved us. The other thing that we heard about last week is that he said that he would promise the gift of the Holy Spirit and he promised us that that Holy Spirit would be with us forever. And now today we hear in the 17th chapter of John Jesus is praying and he's praying for his disciples but he's not only praying for his disciples but he's praying for us for the ones who have come to believe because of the message that the disciples shared now I really think that in order for us to get that actual full effect of this prayer that Jesus prays I think we really need to take in the entirety of chapter 17 so one of the things that I'm going to encourage you to do this week, this is your, one of your assignments this week, as disciples of Christ, as, as people who gather and believe and are, are walking this path of the way, I'm going to encourage you this week to take some time to just read and reflect and absorb and let this entire prayer, this entire 17th chapter of John, I want you to just... Let it soak into your hearts and into your minds. I've been reading this 17th chapter of John all week long, and I've been re reading it repeatedly over and over and over again. And I'm just trying to let it speak to me. And one of the things that I noted in my thinking process and in my meditative process over reading through this is that one of the things I want you to note is I want you to note verse 20. And I also want you to note verse 26. In verse 20, Jesus says, My prayer is not for them alone. But he says, I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. That means that when Jesus was praying, he was praying for us. He was praying for every one of us who would come through the generations upon generations of people who would continue to be the people of the way, and that's you and me, and Jesus, way back 2,000 years ago, was praying that prayer for us. And in verse 26, Jesus prays, he says, I have made you known to them, and I will continue to make you known in order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. In order that the love that you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. That's kind of mind-boggling, isn't it? To know that the love that Jesus has, that God has given to Jesus, that love is in us, and not only is that love in us, but Jesus is also in us. That's a whole lot of stuff to think about there, isn't it? I mean, wow, it's, it's almost like mind-boggling when you think about it. The other verse that I'm going to encourage you to reflect upon and consider this implication of what it means for us in our walk of faith is I want you to think about verse 3 where Jesus says, Now this is eternal life, that, you may know, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Jesus is telling us what eternal life is. Have we ever wondered what eternal life is? All it is is right here. It's in a nutshell. 
that we might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, I think, as I, th- as I hear that, that means that you and I, because we have come to know Jesus Christ through the revelation of Scripture, through the preaching of the Word, through the celebration of Holy Communion, these tangible means of grace, through all of these different ways that the Holy Spirit has made Christ known to us, what is, what is the implication for that? that the implication is, is that you and I, we are experiencing eternal life right now. <laughs> Another mind-boggling thought. When was the last time you thought about that? When was the last time you thought about this whole idea that you and I are living into eternal life right now because of the fact that we already know who Jesus is and that we have come to know the one true God because of the person of Jesus Christ? One of the things that I find inspiring about this lengthy prayer, and it's a lengthy prayer, it's the entire chapter of, of, seven, of chapter 17, is that Jesus, when he prays, Jesus is praying with a sense of expectation and a sense of confidence in the disciples. In verse 20, Jesus has an expectation that those disciples, that they will continue to tell others about Jesus and the things that Jesus did during his life and ministry with them. That they are going to continue to be the bearers of the message of the good news of Jesus Christ. And what does that mean? That means that that confidence, that expectation that Jesus has, that he has every confidence and every expectation that there are going to be more people and there's going to continue to be more people over a period of years and generations of people that are going to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. One of the questions I have, though, is does Jesus have confidence in the disciples or perhaps does Jesus have confidence in the work of the Holy Spirit? I think it's the latter. I think that Jesus actually has more confidence in the work of the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that's actually going to be working through those dunces out there. You know? That's you and me. I mean, how often have we read in the Gospels that these disciples just didn't get it? You know, and yet God is, through Jesus, is is laying out before these disciples and saying, oh, by the way, dudes, You are going to be the ones that are going to be going out there and you're going to be sharing this story. Wow, this motley crew of these these disciples who couldn't for for a long time just couldn't seem to get it. You know, what, what, what what was that question that the disciples asked Jesus today in the book of Acts? Is it going to be is this now the time that you're going to restore Israel? They still hadn't got it. But when we go back to last week, we go back to the gospel that we read last week, Jesus promises the disciples something and he promises us the same thing. He's going to give us, he's going to ask the Father to give us a counselor to be with us forever. That's a long time, folks. Forever is a long time. That means throughout your entire life, the Holy Spirit's going to be with you. The Spirit of truth. And Jesus says that some, of the, some people in the world are not going to know it, but he says, you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And he's telling that to the disciples, but he's also telling that to us. That we know him, for that Holy Spirit lives in us and will be in us. Now we really don't know, we really don't know how long 
it took those disciples to really grasp this reality that the Holy Spirit was in them. And we're going to get a little taste of that next week. But it seems quite apparent to me that it, when we look back over these past 2,000 years, that in spite of all of the failures, all of what seemed like lack of faith, even some of the foibles and failures of the organized church, as we look back, way back, even before Martin Luther, and you think about some of the church history, and some of the wars that have been fought in the name of Jesus, in the name of Christianity, the number of people who have died in the name of Jesus, all the false teachings that have been passed on in the name of Jesus, even in the midst of all of that imperfect witnessing that has been taking place over these past 2,000 years, the Holy Spirit has still been at work revealing Christ and making it possible for others to come to believe in Him. And you and I, you and I are now counted amongst the many who have come to believe in Christ Jesus because of the witness and the message of others who have come before us. Ever, even however imperfect that was, in many respects, I think that this prayer that Jesus prays before the disciples, I think it is a prayer of commissioning. They've already been told that they are given the counselor, the helper, the one who's going to come alongside of them. Jesus is telling them that, they have that he has authority to give them eternal life. And then he actually gives them the straight and forward definition of eternal life. That they may know God, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom God has sent. And I firmly believe that the disciples came to the this realization over time, as do we, because sometimes it takes a while for us, and so that's why we need to be reminded continually. But I firmly believe that the disciples did come to the realization over time that they were actually living into the reality of eternal life during their earthly lives and their ministry. And one of the places where we see that becoming quite apparent is even much later on when the Apostle Paul writes to the church of Rome in 14th chapter where He's, his understanding of eternal life is pretty crystal clear. He says, if we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. That's a pretty crystal clear understanding of eternal life, isn't it? That whether I live today or whether I die today, it doesn't matter because I am always in Christ and with Christ. Christ is in me and around me and encompassing me and he's encompassing you in every moment and every second of your lives. You are living in an eternal fellowship with Jesus, whether you live or whether you die. And that's the mystery that you and I embrace and that's the promise that you and I embrace because of Christ's victory over death and the grave, and because of his resurrection that we can live each day with a confident faith, trusting in the one true God and in Jesus, and that in both life and death that we live with and in Christ. We know him and live in the freedom of his promise that absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing can ever separate us from Jesus or his love.
Now, people oftentimes think and say that I am redundant, that I reiterate the same thought and phrase time and time again. And there's a lot of truth to that. That's just a pattern that you're kind of used to hearing from me. But I think I have a good example, and my good example is Christ himself. Because Jesus repeatedly prayed for his disciples and for those who will come to believe. He repeatedly prayed for those to know God and to know Jesus. And he wants to get that message and the promise that he has to proclaim that he will always be with us, that we will know God because of his coming into the world in Jesus. He wants us to know that. And that's why he keeps saying it over and over again. Because he wants us to know and to realize that we are experiencing and living into eternal life right now in this life on earth and the life that is yet to come. Last week I quoted uh, a theologian and pastor by the name of Chelsea Harmon. And she says this. She says, Jesus is the one who prays it and he is the most trustworthy, faithful witness to the will of God ever to walk the earth. We better be listening to what Jesus has got to say. Because Jesus is the most trustworthy, faithful witness to the will of God ever to walk the earth. And so this week, as you absorb and take in the 17th chapter of John, I want you to read it, hear it, believe it. And Jesus wants you to know, and Jesus wants you to think about what it means to know him, what it means, thinks about what it means to know the one true God. And Jesus wants you to know that you have eternal life. And I want to leave you with a couple of questions that Carolyn Lewis, she's a professor at Luther Seminary, I want to leave you with a few questions that Carolyn Lewis offers for us to consider. As you have opportunity now, this week, in the, as you read through the 17th chapter of John, I want you to ask yourself this question that Carolyn offers to us. What difference does it make? What difference does it make to overhear Jesus praying for you. What difference does it make to overhear Jesus praying for you? And the second question I want you to think about is, how will you hear Jesus' words in another way? How will you hear Jesus' words in another way? And the third question is, how might we understand prayer in a new way as we contemplate and consider and think about the fact that Jesus prayed for us? And finally, I want you to hear this promise again that eternal life is to know God and to know Jesus. That's a pretty profound thing. And one of the things that I want you to think about now that you know that you have eternal life and that it's always a part of you and it will always be a part of you, the question I have for you is how would that change and how will it change what we can imagine in this life as we live into eternal life? How will that change what we imagine in our lives as we live into eternal life? Lots of food for thought this week. Amen. I invite you to pray with me now the prayer our Lord has taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, 
forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Go in peace and tell what God has done. And thanks be to God.